My name's Rich, I'm one of the leaders of the church, and uh, I just want to talk for a few minutes. I've called it Ultimate Parenting, but I'm not sure that's the right title, really. It sounds like a cross between childcare and mixed martial arts or something like that, which sometimes may feel appropriate or not. I think the, 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 the bottom line that I'm going to start with is that parenting is, is hard work. If you ask any parents, they'll usually tell you that. Uh, depending on the stage of their kids, they'll really lay it on thick or less thick. I had a pal a few years ago who was looking after um, three children for a, for a, a family that had the parents wanted to go away for the weekend, so that she'd volunteered, I'll look after your children for a couple of days. And I remember seeing her, this was when my kids were fairly little as well, and I remember seeing her towards the end of the weekend, and she was like, there's no problem, what's the problem? It's easy, you know, I just got the food done, put them to bed, sorted, no problem. And sort of seething inside, I was thinking, you've had it two days. And they're on their best behaviour because there's someone special here. Try doing it for five years with no best behaviour, no end in sight. It, it can be challenging. I remember another guy I knew who had four children and he went to see the, see the doctors to talk about the operation, to talk about the um, vasectomy. And they said, well, we, you know, you've only just had the fourth. We normally give it time. Just, just, just you know, we'll perhaps give you six months to think about it. And he said, look at me. <laughs> Just look at me. I'm a broken man. (laughs) They got him in pretty quick after that. And of course, there's that classic kind of cheesy cartoon that's quite funny that pops up here and there on the internet sometimes where there's like a cartoon little drawing of a a really kind of disheveled, worn, tired, unwell lady sitting in the doctor's surgery. And he's giving the diagnosis and says, I'm afraid you've got what's known as children. And you think, yeah. That's what it does to you, just grinds you down slowly, little by little by little. I'd be remiss if I didn't say it's obviously the greatest thing as well. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and spend uh, you know, a few minutes telling you, isn't it dreadful, isn't it hard work? Nobody, when, when you know, you, you, someone comes up to you and says, hey, great news, I'm pregnant, we're going to have a baby. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. Oh, oh, commiserations. Is there anything I can do? Congratulations. It's a wonderful, amazing thing. That's partly what we're doing here today, celebrating some uh, children coming into the world. It's a great thing. If you're a parent, you know you'd never go back, despite the disheveledness and the worn out and the the brokenness of, of it. You'd never go back. The Bible tells us that God himself knows what it's like. To be a parent, we've talked a bit about it today, he knows exactly what it's like. It's Father's Day today, people have already mentioned the Bible talks about God as our Father quite a lot. I'm going to read a line from the Old Testament, the part of the Bible written before Jesus was born, that actually gets us a little look at the maternal side of God as well. Uh, It'll come up on the screen behind me, but it's from Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15, it says this, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? And have no compassion on the child she has born. This is God speaking. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. It's a different kind of imagery that the Bible is using to talk about parenting. To talk about God as a parent towards us. Now, I've already told you and made the point parenting is challenging. It's difficult. And if you're a parent, it's impossible to imagine life without children. You've got this line where where God is saying, look, I'm like a mother nursing a child. There's no way I'm going to forget them. I'm like a mother with a child. I'm not going to forget they exist. I'm not going to forget to care for them, to look after them. There's no way that a, a, a mother forgets the children in that way. 
Obviously, I'm, I'm talking kind of fundamental forget. I'm not, it's not sort of the, I don't mean the David Cameron thing. Do you remember the prime minister when he left one of his kids at the pub and you think, A, if you're going to leave your kids behind, the pub is a bad place to leave them behind. It doesn't look good, does it? If B, I mean, I understand it. I'm not knocking the bloke. If I did something like that, I just wouldn't want to do it in front of the world's media. I wouldn't want everybody to know, oh, you're the man who forgets your kids. But this is not what he's talking about. He's not saying, there's, no, there's not a momentary thing where you think, oh, I thought you had them. Oh, no, no, I thought you, you, you were watching them. Oh, where have they gone? It's, it's saying something more. It's saying, imagine a mother nursing a child and looking down and thinking, oh, what have forgotten you existed? Or, or, or a mother and the child's asleep somewhere and they, you know, they wander into the room. Oh, I'd, I'd forgotten I had that child. That just doesn't happen, does it? That's, 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 this, this is what God is saying. He's saying, this is the way I feel. Just the impossibility of that happening reflects something of how I feel about you. That's what God is, is talking. It's impossible to love, to remember, to look after your kids. You know, we talked about parenting being challenging. It costs to raise kids. It costs you time. It costs you energy. It costs you money. It costs you emotional energy as well. It's not easy. Sacrifice. There's, there's the kind of the, the free T's of parenting cost almost. There's the tiredness with a newborn when you just, you just think, I just feel like I'm going to die if I don't sleep at some point. And then you move on to the toddlers where suddenly they're mobile and active and you've got to just redo everything because suddenly all the things that you find are, are, are around the place are not there. I remember, I remember when my son was really, really young, we were staying at someone's house, uh, and they obviously hadn't been through this. And I remember him wandering out of the kitchen. He just had his bare feet and his shorts on, wandering out the kitchen holding a meat cleaver in his hand. <laughs> no, this shouldn't be happening. Someone's not thought this through. Then there's that blissful period of, of kind of late primary school where you sort of think, oh, phew, we're through the hard work. No, you're not through the hard work. That's God's preparation for teenagers. It's, it's giving you a breather. It's like the final kind of hurdles are coming up. But it's, it's costing you all the way through. And all through those periods, it's sacrificial. Parenting, in many ways, is the last permanent bond of commitment and love that our society says is unbreakable. In, in almost any other context, if things get really difficult, you're allowed to walk away. There was a recent book on um, parenting came out a little while ago. And the author quotes this, and it's kind of an interesting quote, both on our society in general and on the idea of raising children. It says this, We're free to choose or change our spouses, to choose or change careers, but we can never choose or change our children. Which is true. But it goes on to say they are the last binding obligation in a culture that asks for no other permanent commitments at all. In many ways, love in our Culture is a consumer choice, isn't it? You know, if, if, if this is friendships going well, well, we'll keep being friends. If it's not, well, I'll just back off a little bit. If the marriage is not going so well, many people feel it's so well, I'll just move away from that. Children is the one thing that our culture would say, no, you don't forget your children. Imagine if you applied the same logic. Oh, it's just not working out with my son, so we just decided to call it a day. Oh, it's just, you know, I'm not getting much out of my relationship with my daughter, so I just thought, you know, move on. Fresh pastures. It doesn't happen, does it? A mother can't forget the child they're nursing in the same way. We, we just, it's, a, it's, it's this permanent bond. But it is sacrificial and it does cost us. The Bible's message about God as a parent 
from this verse and elsewhere is saying, it's not like we look at that bond and we say, look at that amazing bond between a parent and a child. It must be a bit like that with God. Let's imagine him as a father. Let's imagine him as a nursing mother. The message of the Bible is God is the ultimate parent. That's the ultimate parenting relationship. And, and us being fathers and being mothers is like a reflection of that, is an illustration of that. It's not the other way around. It's not we project our parenthood onto God and say he's a bit like us as parents. It's actually we are a bit like him in the way we parent. Mothers that can't forget their children, can't fail to care for them. Fathers that can't fail to love their children and care for them. That's the way the Bible portrays it. Look, look at what this verse says. It's this even if clause. This is telling us that it's about God, really not about us. It says this in, in, in the verse. Though she may forget, I will never forget you. It's saying, look, even if we can imagine a situation where a mother would forget the child she's nursing, I'll never forget you. And there are cases. You know, we do sadly hear about cases where that kind of mother-child, father-child bond breaks down and neglect and abuse comes in, God says, even if that happens, I'll never forget you. I'm not like that. God's parenting is completely different to that. It's the standard that everything else is measured from. And we're just imperfect versions of the real thing. God has always been a father for eternity past. The Bible talks about God as a trinity, three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. So from eternity past, God has been a parent. God has been a father to Jesus, his son. We are imperfect parents. We're not the standard that parenting is measured by. Even if the mother forgets the child, God will never forget us. And I think... I think it's really, really useful to remember that God is the standard and we are imperfect parents. I think it's helpful because it stops us trying to be perfect parents. It stops us trying to say, I must just get it right absolutely every percent of the time, all the time. We've got to accept the fact, because we're people, because we're not God, we leave that to God. We're weak, we're fallible, we get tired, we make mistakes, we make the wrong decisions. We do things badly sometimes. And... I suppose just in passing, I've got three little comments I'd make on being imperfect parents. Now, this is mainly relevant to those of you who are parents, who are raising kids at the moment, but I think they're interesting points anyway. The first one is ease up on yourself. Because you are always going to be an imperfect parent, so just ease up on yourself. I went to a training day uh, a few years ago looking at these kind of issues, and one of the really interesting um, things that was brought up on this day was the general consensus from psychologists and and, and kind of child psychologists and things is this you don't have to be a perfect parent the consensus was good enough is good enough as long as there's a kind of base level of love, care, discipline, provision physical needs being met most children are going to thrive under that you do not have to be the best mum I can be the best dad I can be you just have to be good enough And when you clock that, that's a huge weight off your mind because you don't have to fill every spare moment with craft or or going to the petting zoo or go to every single four-year-old's football match. Obviously, you can't just abandon them there. The amount of Saturdays I spent sitting in the rain 
It's watching kids aimlessly kicking a ball around. It's okay to be an imperfect parent. Good enough is good enough. Just aim for good enough in your parenting. You can't do everything, so don't even try. Leave perfection to God and embrace your imperfection. You're going to have to make some sacrifices as a parent. There's not everything you can carry on doing once you've had kids. You're going to have to drop a few things you'd like to do. It's okay. Imperfect is okay. Good enough is good enough. I think another interesting thing about being an imperfect parent that will help is remember the goal. Your goal as parents is not to have great kids. Your goal as parents is to raise adults. So until your children are probably well into their 20s, you haven't finished. So it's okay if they're little brats. It's okay if they, if, they, if, they, if they whack someone else, if they're rude, if they're lazy, if their room's a mess, if they haven't done their homework. It's all right. You are trying to raise a healthy, emotionally stable, well-balanced adult. And until you get there, it's not going to be... Brilliant. Imagine walking into a car factory. I don't know how you'd manage that, but imagine you'd, you'd somehow wandered in, you're walking around. Well, this is useless. There's no doors on this one. No wheels, no engine. This is the worst car I've ever seen. You did some sort of review for that. Would anybody take you seriously? You think, you're an idiot. It's not finished. You're halfway through. Get to the end of the production line. Oh, there are doors. Oh, there are wheels. Oh, they remembered the engine. You'd be like some sort of expert. Engine anyone? Yeah, that's the next stage, you fool. It's the same with parenting. If your kids are, you think, oh, they're just not getting it. Of course they're not. They're kids. They're not supposed to get it yet. Your goal is to raise adults, not kids. So go easy on yourself there as well. What the best bit of advice I ever got about parenting was when my first child, my son, was born and, and, and a kind of a wise elder dad uh, in the church said this to me, said, don't wish any of it away. He said, it will just, it will go like that. Don't wish any of it away. And you can, when you're, when you're in that situation, you can think, oh, funny. can we just get to sleep? Will they sleep through the night? Oh, I can't wait till they're out of nappies. Or if we can just get to when they're in nursery, get there at school, if we can just get through these teenage years. And I remember it really clearly, and I've told it to several of you here before, don't wish any of it away. He said, you'll blink and they've gone to university and moved, and moved out. And it is sort of true. Don't wish any of it away, even when you desperately wish it was different. Third little thing that comes from being imperfect parents, and this is what I'm going to talk most about for the rest of the, 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 the time we've got here, is this point them to the perfect parent. The, the, part of the aim of parenting is to accept I'm imperfect, but I want to point you to the perfect parent, both by telling people, telling your children rather, about God as this perfect parent, but by also realising that how you behave demonstrates something of what we think God is like at a parent. If, if as a parent you fly off the handle at the slightest thing, you're also kind of teaching your kids maybe God's a bit like that. He's livid every time you make a tiny mistake. Or if you just don't care what they do, yeah, you do whatever, whatever is fine. It kind of communicates to your kids that you don't really care what they do, and perhaps God doesn't. But I would say, let's point people to the perfect parent. I said at the start, God knows what it's like to be a parent. We talked about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. From eternity past, God has been a father to Jesus. He knows what parenting is like. Now, at this point, if you're astute, you'll say, oh, I bet that was hard work. Parenting Jesus, was he going to get stroppy? Is he going to get sulky? Imagine an eternity past. You've not tidied your room. Oh, I hate you. 
does God really know what parenting is really like? Surely he's got an idealized version of it. No, Jesus was the perfect son of God. There was nothing wrong in him from eternity past while he was in reserve. So does God not know what parenting difficult children is like? Jesus was perfect. We're not perfect parents and we're not perfect kids either, are we? The Bible talks a lot about God's love for us as a lover, as a parent. He wants to be a, a loving father to us, adopting us into his family. He's like the mother who just can't fail to love and care and have compassion for the child that she's nursing. Those are the ways the Bible talks about God's love towards us. But we are not great kids. We're not brilliant. We resist kind of God's involvement in our lives in all sorts of ways. I guess the best analogy to, to think about it is we're like stroppy teenagers. No disrespect to any teenagers in the room. We're like stroppy teenagers. We want the benefits, but we don't want any of the stuff we don't want. I read a book on raising teenagers a little while ago. With a, the title was, says it all, it was brilliant. It was called Get Out of My Life, But First Take Me and Alex Into Town. And you think... That, that sums up your teenager, doesn't it? Leave me alone. I don't need anything to do with you. But can I have a lift and sort this out? And, and have my jeans been washed yet? In many ways, we are like that with God. In that we do want the benefits and the good stuff that God brings. But we want to resist the relationship. We want to resist the influence. We want to resist perhaps the direction into our life. Don't tell me how to do it. I know. You know the classic thing in it for employers, hire a teenager while they still know everything. We're like that to God. I know, don't tell me. We ignore him. We fob him off with lame excuses. We resist his influence in our lives. We reject him. I don't want anything to do with you. We utter the words that teenagers blur out and that every parent thinks, how did this happen? I hate you. You think, how does my beautiful little baby turn into this? Well, it's just development. It's just a developmental stage. But we're like stuck with our relationship to God. We don't want to take that step into adulthood and to accept the relationship, knowing that it brings responsibilities. We want God at arm's length to take us into town, but not to have anything else to do with our lives. We resist his involvement. Jesus tells a parable about a, 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 a child and a parent in exactly that situation. It's often called the parable of the prodigal son, where a son says to his father, I just can't wait for you to die, so can I have all my inheritance now? Amazingly, the father says, all right, here you go. And the son goes and blows it all on, on all sorts of stupid uh, things, finds himself completely broke, wants to come back and return to this parent and, and thinks, well, I'll just come back and ask for work at least. Even my father's workers were treated better than this. And Jesus' original hearers in a culture where the dignity of the father in the family was sort of unquestioned, this, kind of, this, this, this classic kind of honour-respect culture where the shame that this father would have experienced by the son treating him like this was immense. And so as Jesus tells the parable and the, the, the son who's blown it all, disrespected, dishonoured, disregarded, ignored his father, is heading home to ask for a job. And the father's standing at the end of the road and everyone listening is thinking, he's going to get it, isn't he? he he's going to tell him what for. He's going to shame that boy in front of the whole village. And Jesus shocks him by saying, as soon as he saw him, the father grabbed his things, ran towards him, embraced him, hugged him, welcomed him home. 
The shocked hearers were like, that's the last thing any father would do. Jesus says, that's how much God loves us. That's how much God wants to accept us home. However stupid and stroppy and sulky as teenagers we've been, he loves us. Can a mother forget the child she nursed? Never. Can a father forget his child? Surely not. God says, even if, I will never forget you. That's the feeling he has towards us when we want to come back to him. Now it's costly. It was costly for that father to do that in the parable. Parenting does cost. We've talked about that. We've talked about the fact it's a sacrifice. You know, you, 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 you willingly as a parent pay the cost over and over and over again. You expend the energy. You're tired. You get worn out. You pay the bills. Sometimes as a parent, you end up having to pay the bills for the stupid things your children have done. You know, whether it's praying the car or whether they've nicked something that you've got to pay back or whether it's some damage that's occurred. Like, I'm sorry, like, I'll sort that out for you. Being a parent involves shouldering the cost of your children very often in many ways. And it's the same with God. Let me read to you the very next line that comes after the one we've read. Well, let's read the first one again. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she's born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you, says God. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. They didn't really know what that meant until Jesus was crucified. For years, the the, the, the Jewish scholars were like, what do you mean engraved you on the palms of my hands? In the crucifixion of Jesus, we find out what it means. God comes down as a man and is crucified, nailed through his hands and feet onto a cross to pay the price for the damage that we've caused, for the wrongs that we've done as his rebellious, stroppy, rude, lazy teenage children. On the cross, God himself is paying the price to bring us back to him. He's willing to pay the cost for us to take all our wrongs, just like the parent. There's another way the Bible looks at us as well. We look at it once since God himself comes down and engraved on these hands. He pays the price. Another way the Bible talks about it is that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us, to bring us back to God. That's upping the ante even more, isn't it? Can a mother forget the child she's nursing? No. Can she fail to have compassion? No. Would any parent give their own child to bring back people who hate them? That's what Jesus did. God sent Jesus knowing he was going to suffer and die. Parents, would you give your kids for someone who hates you? For someone who doesn't want to know you, doesn't even believe in you? God did. God did. I can't imagine doing that, even for people that I love dearly, let alone people that didn't want to know me. Parenting costs, it really costs God to be a parent towards us rebellious teenage children. Being a parent is hard work. It's hard work for us. It's hard work for God, if I can put it in those terms. But it's worth it. Parents, you know it's worth the sleepless nights, the tiredness, the toddlers, the teenagers. It's worth it. You'd never go back. In God's mind, the Bible says, I can't forget you. It's worth it for him to pay the cost of parenting to bring us back. I, 
since I've had my kids, I've thought about this analogy a lot. Having kids is really hard work, but it's the best thing ever. You'd never swap it for anything. Your life is harder once you've had kids, but it's better. It's exactly the same with becoming a Christian. Giving your life to God through Jesus and being a Christian is exactly the same. It's much harder than not being a Christian. But it's so much better. You suddenly discover this connection with God. That is worth everything. You suddenly discover life fits. And and you suddenly understand it makes sense of what's going on. You suddenly discover this is what I exist for. But it's much, much harder. And if you're not a Christian here and you're just visiting for whatever reason, you have the Thanksgiving for the children, or you're just here anyway on a Sunday, I want to tell you it's much harder to be a Christian than not. But it's much, 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 much better. And I would say to you, I think it's worth exploring. It's worth looking into it. We've got lots of ways you can do it. Sunday mornings every week we're exploring these kind of issues. We've got courses, we've got groups, we've got all sorts of things. You can find out more at the information point about it. We've got loads of ways of exploring it. But you may say, look, I'm just not interested in God. I'm only here because I'm interested in the, the children and the families today. Well, the very opposite is true of you and God. He couldn't be more interested in you. He couldn't be more concerned about you. As a mother can't forget the child she's nursing, he can't forget you. As the father standing at the end of the field, looking down the road, waiting for his son to come home, he can't forget you. You may say, I've got no need of God. My life's fine as it is. My life was fine before I had children. It didn't mean that that was everything. My life kind of felt fine before I realized that there was a God and he sent Jesus to rescue us. Having had kids, I'd never go back. Having discovered God through Jesus, I'd never go back. Just because life feels fine now doesn't mean there's not more to life. You may simply say, I'm I'm just not sure about any of this. I've never thought about it before. Maybe it's time to take a look. Because if it's true, this is worth everything. If it's not true, you can just tick that one off and forget about it. If you can explore and discover, oh yeah, it's not true at all. It's just a lot of nonsense. It's fairy stories. At least you've looked. At least you've not risked missing out on connecting with the God who loves you like a nursing mother, like a father desperate for his child to come home. And I guess if you're not a Christian here, my plea is, surely it's worth at least looking. And if you are a Christian here today, I would say it's worth keeping on going, even when it's hard. And if you are a parent here today, whether your kids are still growing up or whether you're a parent of adults, I would tell you, Keep going, because you've got no choice. Let me just quickly pray, and then we're going to move on. God, I want to thank you that you love us in those extraordinary parenting ways. I want to pray for those of us that are parents, you'd help us to do a, a good enough job. I pray for all of us here that we would know you as a loving father in our lives, someone who cares for us like a mother. Please help us to get you more. Amen. Amen.